for security? There's a ton of content out there, and if you don't know where to start, it can be overwhelming, even paralyzing. So let's fix that. Welcome to Simply Cyber, a community of tens of thousands of aspiring and active cybersecurity professionals focused on networking, knowledge sharing, and professional development. I'm Dr. Gerald Dozier, Chief Content Creator at Simply Cyber, inviting you to get the answers to your cybersecurity problems with hundreds of cybersecurity videos answering your frequently asked questions, interviewing industry experts, and live streaming daily cyber threat briefings hosted by me. Now get the stories and insights you won't find anywhere else. Hit subscribe now and dig into all the fresh content on the channel and in the community. Nothing should stop you from launching and leveling up your cybersecurity career today. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. Today is Friday, January 5th, 2024. This is episode number 529 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier, and I have the distinguished pleasure to welcome you into the show as over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Chris Young, Kathy Chambers, Senfilis, Jonathan Carpenter, Audrey Jackod, Chris Young, Johnny Five, Chelsea Ray Waterhouse, Will Lopez, Marcus Kyler, and the Yeet Crew. All the folks over on LinkedIn. James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet. Mariana Albright coming in hot on LinkedIn. All the folks on YouTube, long timers and first timers. We're all going to be shredding the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories, on what it means to you to drive cyber risk reduction for your business stakeholders tactically. So, like, next week, even maybe today, or strategically, long-term, what are we looking at in 24? What's the macro level picture and how does it impact you? And if you're looking to break in the industry, settle in my friends, because you are gonna get value from this stream. You're gonna understand core concepts and tech terminologies. I break down certain things that seem germane at the time, like buffer overflow. Let's talk about that for a hot minute. Let's talk about why tabletop exercises are actually impactful and you're going to be asked at any single job interview, how do you stay current in the industry? I guarantee you this right here, this is the answer that will probably get you high fives across the table. And by the way, come on, the networking over here, Carrie, Nerman, Amy, Jessica Propes, Toasty Pops, say what's up. The networking is valuable. Believe that. Now, before we get into the top news, before I start melting faces with hot takes, let me say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsor. Start with my good friend, Eric Taylor, and the whole crew over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to help. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks, pew, 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 can cause massive <laughs> issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But guess what, y'all? Barricade Cyber Solutions. They know exactly how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Believe that. Don't. Listen, if you have tummy troubles, take a Pepto. If you have ransomware all up in your grill, get some Barricade. It's simple. Don't go the hard way. BarricadeCyber.com. Links in the description below. Also want to say mad love and shout out to Panopsi Security. 
had a call with Brandon Poole just yesterday. Get a partner who understands your cyber program and your business goals. Listen, if you're a small business, mid-business, large business, if you're a business, you need cybersecurity, point, full stop. If you are driving cyber risk reduction for your business, but you could use an extra set of hands, you could use some extra thought leadership, VCSO style. You've only got two hands, but you're supposed to be pulling six levers. Consider Panopsi Security. They can come in and help run a tabletop exercise. They can come in and tell you in 2024, where is the most cyber risk reduction impact for your financial resources available to you? Anyone can buy a new shiny appliance and plug it into the rack. Does it actually do anything? Is it duplicating the functionality you already have? These are the kind of questions they can answer. And trust me, you're going to look like an absolute all-star if you are driving cyber risk reduction while being mindful of the budget. Straight cash, homie. That's right, Randy. The business loves themselves some straight cash, homie. Also, shout out to Anti-Siphon Training, but they're... Their offerings in January and February are so mind-blowing that we're going to wait to the mid-roll for me to just explode your mind, okay? Now, remember, I do not prep. If you're new here, you, you don't know this yet. I don't prep or research for any of this. I am just a wild man over here with a mic. I got two turntables and a microphone, and my turntables are currently at B-Sex House, all right? So B-Sex got two turntables, but I got the microphone. So... I just hit go live. We ripped through the stories. I don't even know what the stories are going to be. And that's how it goes. And I absolutely love it. If you are um, interested in continuing professional education credits, CPEs, guess what? Oh, my God. The value train just pulled into the station. Doot, doot. Each episode, including this episode 529, is worth a half a CPE. Say what's up in chat, take a screenshot, file it into a folder called Awesome CPEs Jerry on your desktop. And at the end of the year, just count the number of files you have, multiply it by 0.5, and that's the number of CPEs you got, my friend. Holla, holla, holla. If you don't know what to say in chat because you're shy or you're not you're not part of the eat crew. Just kidding. Everybody can be in the eat crew. Um Say what's up. Hashtag Team SC. Team SC, we are one community, Simply Cyber. Cobra Crown knows what's up. Hashtag Team SC in chat. And if it is your first episode today, hashtag first timer in chat. Drop a hashtag first timer in chat. Pull up your phone, pull up your keyboard, whatever. Get those thumbs working. Hashtag first timer. Only, <clears throat> we only ask you to identify yourself because we have a special emote for you. We have a special sound effect for you. And we want you to know, first timer, that this community is inclusive and supportive. We will make the circle as wide as possible because we want you in this community. Heck yeah. So let us know in chat and I'm gonna just tease it out a little bit. Welcome to the party, pal. Welcome to the party, pal. Zemith, all you gotta do is Hashtag yeet crew in chat. Maybe drop, you're a squad member. Drop a yeet emote and you're in. Simple as that. Simple as that. Oh, there's another one, Halt. It's coming in hot. All right, guys. Woo. What a day. I agree with Kathy Chambers. First timers are the best. Love it, love it, love it. And there's our first first timer, Westford Asphalt. Westford Oh, my God. Westford Asphalt Plant. What? Welcome to the party, pal, Westford. Welcome to the party, pal. 
Love it, love it, love it. Also, shout out to Alpha Sierra's mom, who was in chat yesterday uh, and sent some well wishes to me. Thanks for being here. All right, guys. As fun it is to yeet crew and do toasties and get Viking horns all over the place, as fun as we have here, we do need to do work. But before we do that, um, we're going to say holla, holla, holla. Shout out to Barricade Cyber Solutions, who's just dropped a 50 bomb of, of uh, squad memberships. So you see this, this, this tirade of flowing uh, memberships being accepted right now? That's compliments of Eric Taylor dropping bombs in here. Thank you, Eric. Just become best friends. Yep. And thank you to all you newly minted squad members like Brian White, Don Barrett, uh, Jimmy Ruiz. Another 50 spot. Oh, my God. It's coming in hot. Woo. Barricade Cyber Solutions is so hot. That Hansel's so hot right now. Oh, my God. All right. Hey, cool. Enjoy those gifted subs. If you are a newly minted squad member, check out the emo tray on YouTube. Uh, because you're going to get access to a whole bunch of exclusive emotes and fun stuff that we do here on the stream. So definitely enjoy that. And thank you again to Barricade Cyber. Long time, long time sponsor of the channel. And uh, just, you know, great people over there. All right. But hey, guess what? We do have to work too. So sit back, relax, and let's let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over us. In an awesome wave. These are the cybersecurity headlines for Friday, January the 5th, 2024. I'm Steve Prentice. Mandiant Twitter account restored after crypto scam hack. The Google Cloud-affiliated cybersecurity firm saw its Twitter slash X account taken over for a period of six hours on Wednesday by a group looking to promote a cryptocurrency scam. Its account was renamed to a phantom handle for a time and included messages promoting an airdrop scam, along with other messages to Mandiant itself. Rachel Toback, CEO of Social Proof Security, said on Twitter X, quote, Some folks are giving advice to turn on MFA to prevent account takeover, but it's also possible that someone in support at Twitter was bribed or compromised, which allowed the attacker access to Mandiant's account. End quote. Yeah, so I saw this on uh, social media just the other day. I kind of tweeted about it. Here's the thing. Um, whether it's Mandiant or it's um, Elon Musk's account or it's Bill Gates' account or what, whatever, this this um, attack is kind of a archetype of attack where a, a social media account that has some level of following, in this case, Mandiant, I, I, this is going to sound silly. It like only has 122,000 uh, followers. A lot of these accounts, like when the Elon one and the Bill Gates one got hacked, we're talking millions. The Mandiant 122,000. And basically the attack is the account gets compromised. I now control that social media account and I immediately weaponize it to socially engineer individuals to uh, click on a link and fall for some type of scam. And the idea is that everybody that's following the Mandiant account has trust in the Mandiant account. So when something comes through, you don't have your antenna up being like, oh, like this is sus, right? Um, it, it's particularly uh, kind of a bad look because Mandiant is a massive uh, digital forensics incident response firm. It's in my opinion, it's, it is like one of the big dogs in the room. It, they do the same thing that Barricade Cyber Solutions does if you're trying to 
um, piece together what it is. But Mandiant, like Mandiant is the, is like the, the one that they would make the movie about, right? Like when the department of justice gets hit or when general motors gets hit or, you know, Facebook gets hit. Like when, when the big dogs, the fortune 500 companies get hit, Mandiant is the one that they call. Um, now Google acquired Mandiant, uh, not too long ago, uh, for like a, a lot of money. I can't even remember how much it was. It was pretty, pretty serious though. Um, like maybe, hold on. I gotta just, I just gotta, I just got to look at this really quickly. Mandiant Google acquisition. Like how much was it? I want to say it was in the billions. Um, let me see. Dollar symbol doesn't show up. Uh, $5.4 billion. Yeah. I mean, that's, <clears throat> that is a lot of money. Cash, homie. Yeah. So for $5.4 billion, you too can own a Mandiant. All right. So, because Mandian is a cybersecurity company and it's considered, you know, you know, like luxurious and exclusive and like the top tier Fortune 50, like for them to get hacked is kind of sus. Now, let's talk about the technical implementation. I guarantee you, like that Louisiana guy, I guarantee there is no way in holy that the Mandian account did not have multi-factor authentication. I am, I, I'm putting money that matters down on it, that there's no way a company like Mandian could have been that absurd to not have multi-factor authentication on. Welcome to the party, pal, Mr. Corbett. Welcome to the party, pal. Now, having said that, uh, I've got two thoughts. One, it's not unrealistic for large companies like this to outsource PR uh, for their social medias and stuff. But at some point you bring it back in house. That's why I think Mandian, a company worth $5 billion, Mandian, a company that's owned by Google, th they manage their own social media. There's no way that they don't. And there's no way that Google or Mandian would not have multi-factor authentication on their social media. So that's out. The next thing that I'll point out, and this is what they alluded to in the story, is you can be at... <clears throat> You can be as secure as you want. You can do all the things, right? But if somebody who works at the company, remember, Twitter is a third party. They're not, they're managing the Twitter account, but they're not managing Twitter at Mandiant. So if somebody at Mandiant gets paid off, you can't do anything. I mean, that person is putting themselves at risk because if they find audit logs of you, you know, changing permissions or granting access or something, you're going to be not just fired, but you might actually be brought up on criminal charges. So I hope it's worth it. But if someone gets bought off at the company, you can't defend against that. So two things, one, and by the way, think about it. Say you, <clears throat> say you work at Twitter, just, just put it, put it in perspective for a second. Okay. You work at Twitter, Elon fired 80% of the people last year. He's making you work your face off, right? You're probably being like disparaged or, you know, not fully appreciated for your efforts. And then some threat actor comes in and says, dude, what do you make a year? $84,000 done. Here's $84,000 cash. I'll pay your entire year's salary. If you do something that takes you five minutes, what do you say? Most people are going to say, cash, homie. that sounds pretty good. Even if I get fired, I, I, you know, I only need, I got a whole year worth of salary to find another job. 
So money, cash talks, man. Okay. And by the way, we see this quite often. You see it a little less now, but we see this quite a bit at um, like AT&T stores, Verizon stores, T-Mobile stores, specifically T-Mobile. They're gross. But where the uh, the people who are working like the desks will uh, do the SIM swapping because they'll just get paid off a few thousand bucks and it's good to go. Um, the other thing I want to point out uh, is that um, how do we defend against this, right? So I will just point out, you would definitely want someone watching and managing um, those accounts. If you were at Twitter, obviously good, um, good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, auditing controls to be able to discover um, this type of behavior and forensically go back and root out the, excuse me, the human that had caused the disruption. But it's very hard. It's very hard to prevent this insider threat from happening. Because you got to remember, guys, with insider threat, it, it's it's the intent of the individual, right? Like I, I, um, you, you, you have to give somebody access at Twitter to be able to change who owns or controls an account because there are legitimate reasons that it happens. It's only when their intent changes to make it a malicious action that you would catch it. So you can't flag every single one because you'd get you'd get stuck in a quagmire of activity because it's like, this is my job, dude. This is what I'm supposed to do every time. And then um, it's, so it's intent, right? So yes, cash rules, everything around me, cream. All right, we got a, uh, CJ says, who is the tech channel on YouTube who got hacked over the summer? It was due to one of their employees getting hacked. Yeah, that was uh, Linus Tech Tips, like 15 million subs on YouTube. So the big ones can get pulled. And yeah, I mean, it's all about, I mean, so it is possible uh, CJ introduces another dimension where an individual at Twitter potentially got compromised themselves and then the threat actors leveraged that access to go in and make modifications. Um, so in absence of information, we have to account for all situations. Firm that handles data breaches hit by data breach. The firm, Auric Harrington & Sutcliffe, based in San Francisco, has announced a breach which occurred in March of last year. <clears throat> they stated the breach involved, quote, reams of data from its systems that pertain to security incidents at other companies during which Auric served as legal counsel, end quote. The data stolen includes PII of over 630,000 people, especially related to dental and healthcare plans through a number of health insurers. This ranges from addresses and dates of birth through to medical diagnoses and credit card and debit card numbers. The law firm has not explained how the hackers obtained access or whether a ransom was demanded. All right. Hey, curiosity for life. Can you qualify or give me more context to your question? I don't understand if you're talking about hacking me or me getting blacklisted. I don't understand the question. Um, so while that's happening, I, law firm gets hit by a data breach. Guys, I've been saying this for, I've been saying this for like six months. Okay. So I don't know, maybe threat actors tuned into the show. Dude, if I was a threat actor, I would be hitting law firms and accounting firms, right? They know where the bodies are buried. They know who's got the money. They know who's going through troubles. They know who is moving things. They've got this huge client list. It's all sensitive information. I don't know why um, these aren't getting hit more often, frankly. Just think about the treasure trove. There's a reason attorney-client privilege is a whole thing, right? So law firm gets hit, massive data breach. 
you know, the thing is, this is like recon, basically. Yes, it's completely executing a, a complete cyber uh, kill chain, but it's it's iterating through the recon phase of the cyber kill chain. This right here, in my opinion, the law firm was not the target. The, the action on objective was not to get the law firm. This was just a brick in the wall on the way to a bigger score, right? It's like one of those ones where in like a heist movies, like Ocean's, you know, X, like an insert number here where they like break in and hack like a, an HVAC company or, you know, um, a pool cleaning company, right? The goal isn't there. It's so then you can go and access HVAC stuff or put on coveralls and, you know, grab a toolbox and pretend that you're there to maintain something. That's the goal. And I have high confidence that was the deal here. So again, if you support a law firm, they really should be taking it seriously. Um, I've heard from a couple different people that law firms um, do not really take InfoSec that seriously, um, you know, whatever, and they don't want to pay for it. Again, that's a that's a small uh, sample set that I have to base that on. So if anyone in chat has interacted with law firms uh, or supports one, uh, I've also heard that they're um, they're tricky about paying their invoices too. Again, I'm small sample set and not um, I haven't done like you know academic research on that. So that's just a speculative hot take. Fancy. All right, they got a ton of information on this one. Um, basically, uh, you could see healthcare insurance network giant was involved. Not good. Um, a lot of downstream businesses and individuals who use those businesses are going to get attacked and socially engineered, and it's going to be gross. Um, also you don't see it as often, but you can expect potential extortion, right? Law firms hold sensitive information. Say I'm suing a company for X, Y, Z, or I'm getting, I'm going through like a really nasty business, um, you know, transaction, right? Where like it's a, a hostile takeover or it's two business partners who like are trying to like screw each other, basically. Um, you can do extortion with that sensitive information. So th there's a lot you can do with this data set. Again, this is why I've been saying for months, like I, if, I, I don't condone cybercrime, I, I don't, whatever. But if it was me, like this in accounting firms is where I would go. Cause then I'm focusing on like <laughs> the high value targets. Right. Um, yeah. And we talked like there was a major, yeah. BSEC brings it up. There was a major, uh, New York city law firm that had celebrity clients like Trump and Paris Hilton. And I think maybe CeeLo, <laughs> um, that got breached and they were threatening uh, to release that data. I didn't see anything ever come of that, um, honestly. But anyways, not a good look uh, for them. If you do support a law firm, you should absolutely be uh, mindful of this. I will say this too. Um, when you, This is a bit of a downstream thing and a bit of a uh, GRC nuanced thing. But when you are doing transactions business to business, you definitely should include that if the comp a lot of a lot of GRC contracts or a lot of contracts will have GRC language in it that says, you know, we're going to give you our data or whatever, and if you suffer a data breach, you need to let us know, right? That's like within you know whatever five days or whatever. 
you should absolutely give consideration to a clause in that that says if you find out like so like let's make this clear my business uses this law firm uh, excuse me my business uses andres escobar's um business for whatever like andres does uh i don't know data analytics for me right and then Andres Escobar's data analytics company uses this law firm for legal matters, okay? You should include in your contract. So when I make a deal with Andres and I say, I'm gonna give you all my data to do data analytics. If you suffer a breach, I need to know. You should also include a supply chain clause that says, if you discover a breach from one of your business partners that includes my data, you need to let me know. Cause that's like a murky gray area where you could argue like, oh, Andres Escobar's um, data analytics company didn't suffer the breach. The law firm did. Therefore, this clause doesn't uh, fire off and I don't need to let you know. It's a little tricky. You would hope in you know, good intentions and good business practices that we would find out. But guess what? If you include it as a clause, you can at least have some, uh, some, some ability to come back over the top if they in fact do not do that. Spanish mobile carrier suffers outage after account takeover. Orange is one of the largest mobile carriers in Spain. The outage at that organization, which has since been restored, lasted three hours and involved a hacker penetrating the company via its account on RIPE, R-I-P-E, <coughs> Europe's regional internet register. Cybersecurity firm Hudson Rock traced the breach back to the computer of an Orange Spain employee who was infected by a raccoon-type info-stealer earlier this year. AI-based... All right. Uh... What are we here? Um, major Spanish mobile. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So a couple of things. One three-hour outage. Um, that sucks for a lot of people, but uh, who didn't have cell service basically for three hours. But I will say that for a major telecom company to only have a couple-hour outage from a from an account takeover is pretty nice way to recover. Um, it only affected some of the customers, so not everybody lost it. That's pretty good. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm looking at this. Um, some hacker boasted on Twitter that they did it. All right. Just because they boast on Twitter that they did it doesn't necessarily mean that they did it. Some there's been instances lately of uh, people kind of claiming other people's uh, hacks, like circa 1997. Um, but I guess here we go. They had access to administrative. They had the receipts. All right. Here we go. Yep. All right. So it looks like they had the receipts. So that sounds right. This does look like an interesting um, hack. This this almost seems more like, a, um, like not curiosity is my only crime hack, but like one of those hacks where like the hacker didn't really have a goal in mind. They were just kind of, again, like curious. Cause like, look at this. Okay. There's a couple here. Here's the thing. Okay. So what I want to kind of educate on with this particular story is around the mentality and the intent of the hacker. Okay. So we talk about cybercrime and APTs and, you know, whatever, like Lazarus group and, um, you know, hacking that law firm as, you know, recon, you can kind of see where this things are going with this one. What, what you always got to think about the cyber kill chain, right? Like at the end of the kill chain is the actions on objective. What is the intent? Typically it's cash, Great cash homie. right? And in, in, in uh, first world power, cyber warfare capability, it might be like 
um, to uh, deprecate the communication capability of your adversary, like Russia did to Ukraine with the denial of service attacks right before they invaded. In this particular one, the hacker is boasting that they did it. So they're not trying to be discreet. They're not trying to lie low and slow. They're being loud and noisy, announcing that they've done it. Secondly, they took out the telecom for a few hours. Unless you're like some type of next level mission impossible where you're about to like invade a building or cause some type of attack in that window of three hours where that uh, depredation of mobile activity is going to limit the ability of the defenders to coordinate or, you know, get the, the multi-factor uh, text message to log into the system and see what's going on. Like, unless there's some reason, which I doubt there was, then it's really just going in and poking around and pushing buttons and seeing what happens. That, that, between the boasting and like kind of what the impact was of this, um, I think you know, those for those reasons, that's what I feel like. Also, the initial infection came from a raccoon info stealer. Uh, raccoon info stealer is a commodity malware that anyone can really buy on the dark web. It's a very popular in info stealer. It's very robust. It's very effective. Um, and basically, you steal credentials and tokens and stuff like that. So it's not. It's not out of the realm of possibility that somebody with some level of um, skill got the info stealer, blasted it out, infected some people, figured out what they got, took got into the account, pushed a bunch of buttons, realized that they took down this Spanish telecom and was like, yeah, look at me. Like I did it. Like uh, uh, achievement unlocked. That's the vibes for me. So again, best practices, defense and death, right? The Spanish mobile company should have EDR on their agents. Um, they should be using MDM on their mobile devices. They should be educating their end users on best practices. They should have firewall rules that can detect C2 traffic. Um, <clears throat> they obviously had the ability to recover in a short period of time from a cyber attack. So that's pretty good. Um, and basically, they probably just change, like flip the buttons back to the way they were supposed to be and off and running. So this is one of those ones where defense in depth, both administratively and technically, would have helped reduce the likelihood of this attack. Uh, but I don't think that this was a targeted attack with any specific um, you know, greater goal in mind. Invoice fraud on the rise. A report published Wednesday by the security firm ReSecurity highlights the sophistication and success of AI-based invoice manipulation being used successfully by gangs who sell their services or tools on the dark web. In 2022 alone, the cost of invoice fraud was estimated by the FBI at $2.4 billion. As just one example in the report, quote, the tool scrutinizes compromised emails through POP3 or IMAP4 protocols, identifying messages that either mention invoices or include attachments with payment details. Upon detection, the tool alters the banking information of the intended recipient, such as the victim's supplier, to details specified by the perpetrator, end quote. The report continues, quote, often accountants and staff in victimized companies do not thoroughly check invoices that appear familiar or nearly genuine, leading to unverified payments, end quote. Yeah. A link to this report is available in the show notes to this episode. All right, here we go. Um, like, you know, anyone and everyone could have predicted this. Okay. But by the way, I do want to say shout out to um, the young, the youngs 
in chat. I talked to my buddy Will yesterday. His three-year-old Grayson um, watches the show with him and loves this sound effect. All right. Also, uh, Kathy Chambers, her daughter Kennedy's in the house. Um, you know, Estella's daughter Kennedy. Um, uh, Dan Reardon, haircut fishes. Uh, daughter Pearl. Like, we got we got a bunch of youngs in here. So. Um, no, even three-year-old Grayson would have known AI is going to be weaponized for malicious intent, not just to write malware, but dude, business email compromise. Listen to me when I tell you this. I mean this with all with all intent. Ransomware is the big dog in the room. Okay, ransomware is um, what would be a good example? Um, oh my God, like. What, what, what I'm trying to think of like uh, a field where somebody is like so dominant that it's like the only person people know. Um, like, like for example, like this is such a weird one that may, maybe people won't recognize, but like Tony Hawk is like known as the skater, right? Like the skateboarder skater. He's, he's everything, right? Okay. So everybody thinks Tony Hawk, same thing with ransomware. Everyone's like, Oh, ransomware. Ugh, it's the only thing. Right. But like, Rodney Mullen is an amazing skateboarder and he invented basically street skating. Like he invented the Ollie, like amazing, 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 critical to the development and success of skateboarding. Historically speaking, he's like business email compromise, business email compromise would be the biggest thing everybody's talking about. If ransomware didn't exist, it is a threat that you absolutely need to account for in your threat models. Business email compromise. Dude, it's not it's not super sophisticated. Thr uh, victims fall for it all the time. On average, it's $120,000 per hit. I know I know personally multiple businesses. I've been hired into businesses because they've had multiple business email compromise successful attacks against them. And it's like 60,000, 80,000. And dude, the CFO, they're just write it off as bad debt. They're like, ah, oh, we, we fell for it again. Oh, like just keep on going. You can't recover the money. Threat actors know it. You don't need to deploy ransomware. You don't need to negotiate with the victims. You just cash the checks, man. Business email compromise is where it's at. So if you can use AI to achieve business email compromise more effectively, not just by having more convincing emails, but actually um, swapping out information in a timely manner, um, th then why not? You can see this business invoice swapper. Um, I, I don't understand how this works, but dude, for a one-time fee of 15 grand, you can have unlimited access to this tool. You will pay for that initial investment with your first successful attack. Again, I am not promoting this, but my point is, the technology's out there and it's it's going to continue to be out there. What you need to know, and I don't care if you work for GameStop, Chase Bank, uh, a small tech startup, a Fortune 10 company, all of you, all of you, all businesses have accounts payable, accounts receivable, all of them. It's how business works. It's all about straight cash, homie. Straight cash, homie. So you got to know that there's a human somewhere that is looking at invoices and saying, this is legit, pay it. This is legit, pay it. They need to be educated in business email compromise. You need manual human controls 
around um, sending money out. Uh, typically, you'll see thresholds. So like anything under five grand, you don't need to go through this process. Excuse me, anything under five grand, you don't go through the process. Five to 25,000, maybe a manager approval. 25,000 and north, again, depending on the business size, um, you need two people to approve it. There needs to be manual confirmation and spoiler alert, and it's going to take you some political capital to push this one across the finish line. You need business, like the executive team basically, to agree that they are not allowed to make a request to send money through out of band channels without approval, i.e., sending a text message. Hey, this has got to go out by five o'clock today or the deal falls through or you're fired. Like you, like you need them to get on board beforehand. So when that situation does present itself, you can say, hey, we agreed. We don't do it this way. I'm terribly sorry. You know that we don't do it this way. Uh, and that you, you do have to have some kind of break glass in case of emergency. Maybe it's a... Um, uh, a three-way phone call between the requester, the person who's going to pay it, and then some uh, independent uh, executive, like you know, the CEO, CIO, CFO, CTO. They can uh, approve this in conjunction with the CFO or the, you know what I mean? Like basically, so it isn't an independent person making the call. That would escalate the level of effort and difficulty for the threat actor, and hopefully save the business. But dude, I'm telling you, business email compromise is where it's at. And, and just think about it. Like, dude, from a threat, this, I guess today is the, I'm wearing my red team shirt. So I suppose I am in the, the right mindset. Dude, if I was going to be a criminal, right? Think, think about this for a second. Ransomware, you've got, you got to deploy it. It's got to hit. You got to negotiate. The victim's got to pay. You've got to deal with data exfil. You got to do with selling it on the dark web. A lot of effort, a lot of work. And then at the end of the day, you're probably getting cryptocurrency. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. So good luck paying your water bill with crypto. Now, business email compromise. Don't have to be technical. You don't even have to actually pwn them. You could just send an email and if it falls through, they don't do DP, um, DCAM, SPF, DMARC. You, you spoof it. They send the money out. It goes into a bank account, wired ACH. You pull it out. And now guess what? You've got straight cash. Straight cash, homie. And you could pay your water bill all day long. Again, I don't promote cybercrime, but dude, this is a thing. You should be implementing the same processes, whether or not AI is increasing the efficacy of business email compromise. This is a huge threat that you absolutely must account for in your threat model. Thanks to today's episode sponsor, NetSpy. Take the hassle out of dealing with alert fatigue, validation, and prioritization. Instead, use NetSpy's ASM platform to hone in on what's actually important. Attack surface vulnerabilities constantly evolve, causing a lack of visibility and overwhelm for your security teams. Start the year off right by partnering with NetSpy to enhance your security program. Visit netspy.com slash ASM to learn more. That is N-E-T-S-P-I dot com slash A-S-M. All right, guys, guess what we do here at the mid-roll? Hey, hey, hey. Ooh. Welcome to the Simply Cyber Breakfast Club. Guys, I want to thank all of you for being here. You guys make the community up, and it's absolutely freaking awesome and a privilege to be here every morning serving you. 
I want to say shout out to the stream sponsors, Barricade Cyber and Panopsi for their continued support. Panopsi renewed for Q1 2024, so we're locked in through March with these three beautiful babies over here. If you're getting educational value or entertainment value for the stream, please hit the like button. It goes a long way to triggering the YouTube algorithm to help other people find us and be able to increase their ability to learn, network, and just be part of our community. I want to say shout out to Anti-Siphon Training. Guys, I got an amazing opportunity to tell you about. Anti-Siphon Training is disrupting the traditional cybersecurity training industry by providing high-quality, cutting-edge education to everyone. Doesn't matter if you're young, you're old, you live in Djibouti, you live in Colorado, you're, you're, you got a, a, business, a bachelor's degree, you got a high school diploma only. It doesn't matter. You got a million dollars, you got zero dollars. It doesn't matter. They will make it an opportunity for you regardless of financial position, location, everything, to learn real skills from real practitioners in a way that is inclusive and fun. Now, the link in the description below will take you to Anti-Siphon Training, but there's two other links that you need to know about. One is for the active defense and cyber deception class, the last week of January, 2024, right? There it is, a couple weeks. And then the other one is for this one, SOC core skills, first week of February. This is a double banger. If you want to get educated by John Strand himself, the leader of Black Hills InfoSec, the man was a SANS instructor for years. SANS courses cost thousands of dollars you can get taught by him for zero dollars last week of january first week of february use the links below sign up i'm telling you it will be worth your time i've taken the active defense and cyber deception class it's a freaking banger believe me the only thing that it's asking of you is your time do you want to invest? Are you serious about this? If you are and you do want to, make it a priority. Take it. You will not regret it. Believe that. All right, guys. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge is in the hizzy. I want to say what's up to Amy Devine, who's currently the baton holder. Amy, please do me a solid and tag somebody to take the baton from you. Guys, check it out. For five minutes a day, for two weeks' time, you can blow up your professional network on LinkedIn for free in a meaningful way. It's the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, and this is how it goes. Go on LinkedIn. Search for the Simply Cyber Community Challenge hashtag. Literally, just put hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge in the search bar. Sort by posts. Sort by most, freak, uh, most recent. Simple, right? There's a post every single day. Connect with the poster, comment on their post, connect with the people in comments. Because you connected with the, in the comments, the next person is going to connect with you in the comments. So five minutes active, 23 hours, 55 minutes a day passive. Believe me, you will build your LinkedIn network with meaningful, real cyber professionals that are sharing real valuable resources. Amish Runaway held the baton the other day. She said it in chat today testimonial her linkedin network is blown up and it's super valuable i challenge anyone five minutes a day two weeks time come back and tell me what you think let's go amy divine all right guys hey every single day of the week is a special segment fridays are joke of the week by james mcquiggan and let me see uh we don't have a joke of the week from james mcquiggan oh 
We've got some problems here. We've got some problems. Hold on one second. Let me see. Uh, hmm. All right, hold on. Let's do this really quickly. Um, hold on. Let's go. Let's go. Let's see. Let's do I got one for you. Chat GPT. Give me a cyber-related dad joke. Here we go. ChatGPT is filling in for James McQuiggan, who's filling in for um, Grayson. Why don't programmers like nature? Why don't programmers like nature? Because it has too many bugs, obviously. <laughs> All right. Thank you, ChatGPT, um, for pinch hitting for James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet. Who's pinch hitting for Grayson? See, this is a, it's a, it's a tight network. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fabric. It's a tapestry. Love it. Love it. Love it. Let's keep the party going and we'll do some more at jaw jacking. SpaceX launches first phone service satellites. On Tuesday, the company deployed its first set of Starlink satellites capable of communicating with smartphones. This follows an arrangement that the company made with wireless carriers, including T-Mobile US in August of 2022, to deliver cell phone service in dead zones across the country. The service will be text message only to start, with voice due in coming years after testing. Other wireless organizations, including Japan's KDDI, Australia's Optus, New Zealand's 1NZ, and Canada's Rogers, will also be working with SpaceX on this project. <clears throat> All right. So Elon, hold on. I mean, we used to have an Elon emote, but so Elon is launching a cell phone service, uh, satellite phone service. Okay. He's already got satellite internet service. And on the surface, it sounds pretty good, right? Like he's able to provide communication capabilities to uh, rural areas, if you will, uh, dead zones, if you want to call them that, whatever you want to call it. Uh, now check it out. It's not all righteous. Okay. He, he, SpaceX is a for-profit business. He's obviously charging for those services. I've heard wonderful things about Starlink. I think Josh Mason was a Starlink dude, um, while he was driving around in his caravan, uh, real quick, what's up SJ2699. We got a first timer in the house. Please welcome SJ2699 entered the chat. Welcome to the party, pal. All right. Um, so this isn't really a cybersecurity story in any capacity. So um, all I would say is I recently watched John Oliver's last week tonight's um, episode on Elon, and I found it interesting. Uh, the one thing that I would just, I guess, share with people, um, James McQuiggan at 35,000 feet, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. It's a fun little segment. We're good. Um, so check it out. <laughs> um, the one thing that you have to be mindful of is that Elon is one individual who was a private citizen. He was not elected. He cannot be removed from his position. Okay. But he has his own space company. He has his own internet company. He has his own communication company. Um, so he has real power. Okay. And I'll just give you an example. When Russia invaded Ukraine and the internet got knocked out, SpaceX or Starlink basically provided internet access to Ukraine. And everybody was like, oh man, cool. Elon's a nice guy. 
But then, like, that was free for a limited time. And then he signed massive lucrative contracts with the United States government to provide internet service to Ukraine. I don't want to get into the politics of, um, of like, U.S. spending on Ukraine and all that. But my point is, then there became an opportunity where Crimea didn't have internet service. And they were like, Elon, put, put Starlink over Crimea. And he's like, no. <laughs> he's no, I'm not going to do it. And people were like, what? How can you do this? How? And he's like, it's my decision. No, like, no. And like, it get, like he wasn't just being uh, aloof. Like he had reasons why. And it had to do with money. Surprise, surprise. Great cash, homie. But my point is, like, this is another example where like, okay, so now he owns his own mobile service. Say he internet phone service. He offered phone service for $5 a month and just undercut Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Boost, Mint, all of them, right? He just took a huge loss and then everybody got on it. Well, now he controls the communication system. That's pretty powerful. He wants to take it down. He wants to eavesdrop. He wants to do anything he could. Again, some of those things are illegal, but my point is it's power. This dude is incredibly powerful. Let's go. Care technology company, Health EC. Oh, and we got Mia W accepting the baton. Nice job, Mia. Let's go. Announces data breach. The breach at New Jersey-based Health EC LLC has given hackers access to highly sensitive medical information belonging to 4.5 million people. The company made the announcement on its website on December 22nd, describing the breach itself as having occurred between July 14th and July 23rd of last year. Additionally, 17 U.S. healthcare organizations that are partners or customers of Health EC were also impacted. Google's. For All right. Um... So, so a couple things here. One, this healthcare company got hit. Highly sensitive medical information. Four and a half million people impacted. Uh, I'm curious. A uh, couple things here. So, what was exposed? MRNs, which is whatever. Uh, medical data, diagnoses, medical physical condition. Okay, scripts, health insurance info, billing. So, this is basically everything about um, a patient. So. You can see here, here's what you can do if you are impacted. If you are suffering mental illness, if you're schizophrenic and you're on medicine and you've been outed, so like maybe you can't get a job now because you're you're whatever like you're you're deemed unsafe or whatever, right? Here's what you can do because of this. Sorry we lost your data. You can review your account statements for suspicious activity. You can get a free credit report. Dude, here's my thing. Like the impact to individuals extends far beyond credit card fraud or like taking a loan out under your name. Like, yes, identity theft was the rage in the early 2000s, but the impact is so much greater, especially when you're dealing with sensitive health information. So you can expect if threat actors really wanted to do it, um, they could find really compromising information and then expose people. Again, this data isn't going to necessarily allow you to identify financials of individuals of high net worth and the ability to target them. If you wanted to do a little bit of legwork, you could look at the scripts people are taking, filter by value, you know, price of the script, and that that's not covered by insurance, so they could be in affording it. So then you could see that. But in reality, there's a, a load of work that would have to be done. Um. So it, it still sucks. One thing that I do want to point out that's kind of um, cringy, but also 
I guess if you were a business, you would do it too. You could see that four and a half million people were impacted, but on um, the Maine Attorney General's website, which Maine has a very strong privacy law, it says only 112,000 people are impacted. This is because it's a, I guarantee you this, it's 112,000 Maine residents. So they're being a little, um, I guess, super specific in saying, we're only reporting to Maine the number of Maine residents that were impacted, but overall four and a half million people were impacted, which is what they're reporting at the Department of Homeland, um, D DHS, um, oh my God, Department of Health's human, uh, like basically HHS's OCR um, wall of shame, okay? Which is always uh, pre-practice uh, there. Uh, unfortunately, it sucks. It sucks. There's nothing you can do. If your sensitive healthcare data was compromised, it sucks. And all you're gonna get is a, uh, like what feels like a hollow apology from this healthcare company that says, you know, dear patient, we really take your, your privacy and security seriously. We're doubling our efforts. Enjoy your free credit monitoring. Throw it on top of the tire fire. That's the other eight credit monitorings that you have right now. First Chrome update of the year patches six vulnerabilities. Four of these six vulnerabilities had been reported by external researchers. These include CVE 2024-0222 and 2024-0223, which are use after free and heap buffer overflow vulnerabilities in the graphics rendering engine angle. The third, CVE 2024-0224, is a use after free defect in Chrome's web audio component. And the fourth is for a use after free vulnerability in web GPU. This last one is tracked as 0225. All right. So, I mean, here's the deal. Click on your three dots in Chrome, go to help, go to about, update your Google Chrome. I literally had the entire show ready to go. And I, this is the, like one of the last stories, right? I, I do see the headline cause I have to like, you know, set it up, but I don't, I don't research or prep for the stories. I saw this story and I was like, ah, damn it. Time to eat my own dog food. And I did the update and I had to reboot everything and it sucked. But you know what I mean? You just, you just got to do it. Um, if you're managing an organization, if you can push uh, Google updates, I don't know if you can like um, from a centralized enterprise IT way, uh, up manage Google Chrome updates. But I mean, basically there's a lot of, there's a lot of vulns out there. It doesn't mean that they're actively being exploited. Okay. So this isn't a drop everything, um, you know, issue, but guys, it's, it's basic. The, the reason that I even uh, push this or bring it up is because the Google browser is used by many, 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 many end users <gasps> and end users will use a Chrome, uh, a Google, um, a web browser to go all over the internet, right? Extensions all over the place. So it is a hot, you know, it's like a hot piece of software, right? So the, the likelihood increases that you're going to get exposed and hit. Um, educate your end users to, I would actually educate your end users to update their personal Chromes. And another technique um, that I like it, here we go, patch it. Ah, you got to patch it. One of the things that I like to do personally, and this is a, a GRC thing. I think I said it in my GRC class, but. I'm not sure, but um, I love doing pointed end user awareness training, but I like to make the 
learning objective, like a personal win for the end user, right? So I'm not like, hold on, let me do this. I'm not like, hey, Carl, hey, Carl, update your Google Chrome because it's going to help the business be secure. No, 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 no. I'm like, hey, Carl, you should tell your friends and family to update their Google. And here's how you can do it. Make it really simple and straightforward. Now what I'm doing is I'm empowering Carl or end user to be the champion for their family and loved ones about staying secure. So now one, and it's going to stick with them because they have a vested interest in protecting their kids, right? Or their, or their parents. So it's like, okay, listen, now you've got them, you know, evangelizing security, looking like a winner to their family and loved ones, which who doesn't like to feel like a winner. And you're building in that mindset that, hey, like security is a thing. If I'm going to patch Google at home, I'm going to patch Google at work, right? So, and, and it, it gets it gets them in the mantra and the mindset of being a security champion. And you're basically mod modifying behavior, which is, I know it sounds like 1984-ish and Orwellian, but believe me, the goal of any information security awareness isn't to get you to patch your Chrome. That's a byproduct. The goal of end user awareness training is to modify behavior. Okay. And, and that's one way to do it. You make it personalized. All right, let's keep going. Hackers threaten to SWAT Fred Hutch patients. Oh, this is gross. Following up on a story we brought you in mid-December, it has been confirmed that the hackers who took on Seattle-based Fred Hutchinson Cancer Center threatened to SWAT the homes of its cancer patients in order to get the hospital to comply with ransomware demands. The group did not follow through on these threats, but that became the basis for the extortion emails that they sent to the patients instead. Besides S. Dude, this is freaking disgusting. So just as a quick reminder, this cancer center in Seattle got ransomware and the data got data exiled. And the threat actors were asking the cancer center to pay like, I don't, I don't remember, but like, let's say $2 million ransom. And then they reached out and communicated to cancer patients that for $50 each, they could remove themselves from the data set. And I remember commenting at the time how stupid it was. Like, dude, you're gonna you're gonna like go for $2 million ransom here, and then you're gonna pick peanuts out of elephant poop over here. Like, what are you doing? You you like it seems so weird. Then they come out with this where they're going to SWAT, which is basically the activity of calling in like a threat saying like, hey, um, I'm holding uh, my family at gunpoint at this address and I'm unstable. Come get me. Um, and like the SWAT team comes in. There's been multiple instances of SWATs kicking down doors accidentally, not accidentally, but shooting and killing people uh, under the misrepresentation that they're a threat. So to, to, to call in SWATs, on cancer patients is uh, for 50 bucks, dude, you're going to destroy a family for 50 bucks. You lunatic. That is insane. I'm glad they didn't go through with it, but dude, what, le like, what are you on? That is insane. Fashy! Jesus criminy. Oh, so gross. So anyways, TLDR, they didn't do the SWAT. I don't know if the cancer center paid the money. I hope to holy hell. Sorry. I hope to holy. I, I hope that they catch these people. This is something that is um, unbelievable. I mean, we deal with, we deal with threat actors all the time. And there's almost this like 
understood criminal ecosystem of, you know, good and bad or whatever. But like, dude, this, you have to imagine that threat actors are like, bro, that's toxic. That's radioactive. I don't even want to deal with you as a, as a fellow criminal. Get your, get your, get your credentials revoked for criminal con. All right, let's go. Jesus criminy. All right, guys, if you were here just for the news, before you boogie out of here at 8.59, I do have one minute to tell you. Next Thursday at 4.30 p.m., we are in, we are welcoming Mike Saunders, senior uh, or principal consultant at Red Sea. He's basically their tech lead. He's incredibly talented. He's an incredibly nice guy, and he is so smart on offensive security operations. He's going to come in. And uh, I'm wearing a red team shirt. This is like the extent of my red team knowledge that I can say the word and wear a shirt. This guy, he can he can become Lazarus. He can become Muddy Waters. He can become Equation Group. He's like, he's just super talented. So he's going to come in and blow all of our minds. If you have any red team or uh, pen testing questions around career, industry, the question that started the conversation with him he did a video on C2 frameworks and how to pick one. And I, I said, I, I said, Hey, I watched your video. It was awesome. I didn't even know there were multiple frameworks or reasons to pick ones. He's like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And he went into it. And I'm like, is cobalt strike like a joke? And he's like, and then he like spent 15 minutes telling me about how to use cobalt strike um, effectively. And I was like, dude, you have to come on and share all this knowledge. He's like done. So come next Thursday. You're absolutely going to love it. If you were here just for the news, it is 9 a.m. Thank you so very much. Be well. Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, James McQuiggan dropped a super chat. I'm sorry. James McQuiggan, I dropped the ball due to work stuff going on this morning, and I spaced out. Here's one to make it up. There's disease. There's a disease that makes you uncontrollably tell airport, airport jokes. Unfortunately, there's no cure. It's terminal. Thank you so much for the joke, James McQuiggan, and for the super chat. Did we just become best friends? Yep. And don't sweat it, man. Uh, it's all it's all about good times here. All right, let's go. If you were here just for the news, be well. We'll see you next time, Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, if you want, we're going to do a little jawjacking. Hashtag Simply Cyber Breakfast Club inbound. I'll see you over there in a hot minute. Be well. And until next time, stay secure. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the party, pal. My name's Jerry Guy. This is Jaw Jack and AKA the Simply Cyber Breakfast Club, where we just kick it for 30 minutes. Hopefully, you guys had a good um hopefully you guys had a good daily cyber threat brief. It is Friday, which is always feeling good. I can't believe Friday came up on me that quick, man. Woo! Super excited. Got the final edits back from the editor for the uh, Cyber 101 course. All lecture videos are completed now. Uh, beta testers, just so you know, that's good to go. Uh, keep keep grinding, beta testers. I hope you're enjoying the experience. Um, lab videos, I've got access to the lab platform. I still haven't seen any of the labs, so that's on my to-do list today. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get filming um, on the labs today. We had a great quarterly meeting yesterday. I have some updates for everybody. Um, I took for action yesterday. 
uh, Discord soundboard. I have put all the soundboard effects, like all of the ones that I use on my soundboard. All of those are in Discord now, along with the emotes that you would uh, see on my soundboard if you were here with me. Edwin Blanco, welcome to the party, pal. <clears throat> also, um, I emailed uh, XM Cyber uh, about uh, accessing my CTEM course without a business email. I'm waiting to hear back on that. Also, uh, we had a request for curate, curated list of cybersecurity conferences. I'm happy to report that, um, let's see which window comes up here. Cool. I'm happy to report that uh, a Trello board has been built uh, and it will be populated. Chris Young has taken um, the lead with this initiative. And you can see he's got it broken up by quarters, first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. There's already some great ones in here. We can see Wild West Hackenfest, uh, Black Hat, Red Team uh, Village. So this is great. Um, Chris Young is going to be spearheading, um, asking people to commit a uh, comment or provide visibility into this. And once we figure out a way to share it, maintain it and, um, and, um, make it easily searchable for people, we will do that. But just know that the curated list con action item is in full swing, uh, at this point. And Chris. Oh, also, um, also, uh, there was a request, uh, uh, there was a request yesterday for the, um, the, the shirt I was wearing yesterday. Here it is. I want everybody to know that the, if you enjoyed that, uh, shirt, it is available now in the simply cyber store because of 2024, there is a 24% off sale going on, I think for the next three days and you can grab up. Oh, this looks actually pretty hot. I might get this myself. <laughs> um, you can grab up the um, the new Simply Cyber uh, kind of retro logo if you're interested. And I'll, I'll drop a link in chat right now for that. All right. So all about good times. And just to uh, finish, uh, there was a question about local meetups. I'm still trying to solve for that. And uh, the risk assessment, I did connect with Rhonda and that is just been put on the parking lot until probably May or June timeframe. So, uh, so yeah, so those are the updates. I took action, uh, and went on and did all those things that we talked about yesterday. All right. How's everybody doing? Where, where are we at? Hope everybody had a great week. I saw some people, um, I saw some people, uh, celebrating some wins, certification wins. I know some people had some interviews coming up. I don't know if anyone wants to share any updates on those. <clears throat> I will tell everybody, uh, I did eat a a breakfast this morning, so hopefully I don't fade. I was getting a lot of feedback from the team about eating. <laughs> so, uh, hey, what's up, MZ Lucy? Says newbie here. We're going to call that a first timer. Welcome to the party, pal, Ms. Lucy. Thanks, Josh Mason, for posting on social media about the guests that I haven't connected with yet on uh, Late Night with Jerry. Itzel Bennett is working on the GRC Masterclass. Excellent. I hope you're enjoying it. I do love the Masterclass. All right. Christina Paulika says, Colorado Springs has a Cyber First Friday at the UCS 
CCS Cyber Building. Uh, okay. Uh, you're probably responding to somebody in chat, Christina. Um, Baypack moved to South Carolina for move from South Carolina to Seattle for the cyber life, y'all. Oh, hey, by the way, Baypack, thanks for getting up early. If you're in Seattle right now, I know it's early. It's great to have you. Oh yeah, Space Tacos is excited because now she's prepping the audit for the IT and cyber departments. Nice. Space Tacos, a.k.a. just tacos. I, I did catch um, Slay Security Plus on replay last night. Uh, I watched some of that. I was texting uh, Jesse. Um, great work on that show. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, connect with Jesse later today, possibly about ways that Simply Cyber can further help um, with that. Amish Runaway, Imposter Syndrome. Watch, watch the beat imposter syndrome video on the simply cyber channel. Don't sweat it. it just, I, I almost want to say like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. There's a lot of stuff, um, out there. I mean, I, I can just tell, I mean, if you want, I can share a personal story of a, uh, of a tough one for me. Um, it has to do with my, uh, pivot into cyber architect. Um, Carrie has a question. I'm still grinding away. Nice. I have a mentor now and fleshing out my skills on Miro. Coming Tuesday, I'll be putting out resumes. Nice, Carrie. Love it, love it, love it. Netta J says, greetings, Dr. Osier. I'm hoping to move into CloudSec compliance. What shirt certs should I take? Currently a CISSM. All right, well, let's look at that really quickly. Wanting to move into cloud security, what I would do, if you want certs to kind of support that, I would do the following things. By the way, when you cl say cloud security, can you qualify that a little bit? Are you talking about pen testing cloud security, building solutions like DevSecOps? Are you talking about uh, auditing cloud environments? Just, just to kind of understand. Um, I suspect you mean architecture and engineering. So I would focus here. Netta, I'm going to give you the certification roadmap. I would ask you to um, look at the orange ones specifically. And then um, if I was going to do cloud, you know, ISC squared has the certified cloud security professional. Um, they actually, ISC squared took away the healthcare cert. And they offered me uh, to take the cloud one for free. That's on my board, but I'm just not super motivated right now. If I was going to do cloud in 2024, what I would do is the following. I would either pick Azure or AWS. I would go through their training. Okay. Auditing cloud. I see. So I would do AWS or Azure. I would do their training, do the fundamentals training. So like just the general, not security specific, but the, their general IT stack training. So then you understand how AWS works. Then I would get their security practitioner certification and training. Then you are now identified as a AWS security person, right? Then I would look at maybe um, CISA, ISACA CISA, which is not necessarily cloud specific, but it is auditor specific. And in my opinion, it is the de facto cert that an auditor should have. Once you have those two, you should be uh, able to do auditing on the cloud infrastructures that uh, you are trained up on. And then if you wanted to sprinkle in uh, some of these other kind of cloud architecture engineering certs, that would be fine. I personally haven't heard of any that are like knockdown, drag out, unbelievable, the best. Um, there's a SANS one, maybe. 
I know in the pen testing space, there's some good pen testing cloud certs, but for auditing, I would, I would just do what I just said. That's what I would do. All right, let me go back to mod chat really quickly. Oh, wow. Um, thank you, Kimberly. Uh, got, all right. So JSO Burbeck got, uh, Got contacted to be a tech recruiter for a help desk job. Great place to get started. Super excited. Hell yeah. JSO Burbeck, straight crush it, homie. Good luck to you. And, uh, you got this. Louisa B, a lot of jobs are asking for ISO. SOC 1, SOC 2, ISO 27001. Any resources? Well, first of all, ISO. ISO is more European theater than it is anywhere else. So ISO is actually pay gated. So. You know, there's that SOC 2 is really what you would be interested in. A lot of tech startups and companies looking to get acquired go after SOC 2. Um, <clears throat> I don't know of a necessary uh, good resource off the top of my head for SOC 2. Uh, and I don't work in Europe, so the ISO 27001 is not really uh, what I know. Uh, I will say the following two things. One, most uh, control frameworks like ISO 27000, NIST CSF, CIS 18, they, they have a lot of overlap, like 80% of the controls are all the same. So if you learn one, you could pick up another one pretty quickly. Um, SOC 2, eh, you know, SOC 2 is fine. You could Google it and, and look at it. Again, SOC 2 is going to give you some visibility. I would argue that SOC 2, you can, you can like hack SOC 2. So... I, if anyone in chat has good resources for Louisa B on ISO 27001 or SOC 2 learning, please drop them in chat. Chelsea Ray Waterhouse had a pre-interview. Heck yeah, Chelsea. Straight crush it. All right. We're looking. All right. Do, do, do Jessica Propes, a.k.a. Cyber Kill Chain with the blue badge. Microsoft has a lot of great free Azure training. Does AWS do the same? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, AWS does have uh, training, lots of it. Um, Jonathan Lindsay said, "Oh, Chris Young with a super chat. Let's get that." Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you for the Simply Cyber Breakfast Club sessions for all you do. Thanks, Chris Young with the super chat. Jonathan Lindsay, I don't think I've seen it mentioned since joining the morning chats. Anyone have an opinion on EC College courses? Uh, is EC college the same as EC council? Let me know in chat. Cause I've got strong opinions about EC council. Um, I got my project plus on the first Veriblex with the win. Nice job. Nice job. Veriblex way to crush it. What's the next cert Veriplex? What's the next goal? Let us know. Yeah, there's all sorts of crosswalks Josh Mason's referencing. There's all sorts of crosswalks for, you know, ISO to NIST, CSF to NIST 853. The reason is because there's so many overlaps of controls, right? Yeah. CJ is sharing that Cloud Guru has a lot of uh, cloud training, different kind of providers. That's pretty good. I'm actually working. So here's something funny. Um, yeah, I, I guess like chat's kind of taking this right now. If EC college is related to EC council, 
I, Jerry Osier, personally would not be interested in even looking at it. Uh, but CJ is sharing Cloud Guru. Uh, I want to share something kind of fun with you guys. Uh, let me share this with you. Yesterday, I was kind of bored for like, <laughs> for like 10 minutes. I was kind of bored. And uh, I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do this. So check this out. I found this blog post. And I was like, huh, simple elastic sim lab. That could be fun. I hit record and I started walking through this whole lab. And I got like, basically, I got pretty far on it. Um, so just so you know, as like a little teaser or something like that. Um, here. Just as a little teaser. Oh, hold on one second. Let me take this off. Let me take this off stage really quick so you can. If you're interested in having a simple sim lab, something you can bang against and look at pretty easily. Um, I signed up for this. Hold on one second. I got to figure out where this is. Yeah, here we go. You get a 13 day trial. Simply cyber lab. I, I, you could do this lab in like 15 minutes. It's awesome. Look. So I just want to share with everybody really quickly. Oh, hold on. <laughs> what did I do here? I did, I did, I powered everything down. So, um, it, yeah, there was nothing in the last 15 minutes because I powered it all down. I mean, there you go. You can see here, here's where I was doing stuff. Anyways. If you're interested in a follow along, super fun produced video where I have like the cool punch ins on the camera and stuff and basically walk through and do a sim lab, very similar to the sock analyst lab with Eric Capuano, where I'll do one video. That's a straight walkthrough with the, with the music playing underneath. It's like 40 minutes long and you could just literally pause the video, follow along, pause the video, follow along and a companion video where I'm explaining why I'm doing what I'm doing and what the value is. And I'm going to have three resume bullets that you can literally just copy and paste. I'm doing that. It's just like a little fun side project because I because I had some free time because I'm waiting. I'm done filming Cyber 101 minus the labs. So giddy up on that. Expect that in the next two weeks. Promise you. All right. I'm studying, uh, Ms. Lucy says, I'm studying IT with concentration in cyber. I'm learning, leaning more towards GCR. Uh, I, I'll assume you meant GRC. Could I get into this role even though I have no experience and not finished with school yet? So Ms. Lucy, the answer is yes, but you're going to, you, again, I'm not trying to sell you on this Ms. Lucy. Okay. Like literally, literally I made my GRC analyst masterclass because there was no good training out there with practical applications. So what I would say is the answer is yes. If you would like a shortcut and be able to demonstrate GRC capabilities without having the job yet, consider checking out my course, okay? There are other ways to do it um, for sure, but I just let you know, um, there's that. So the answer is yes. Uh, I would also focus on um, auditing if you can. Auditing is a great entry-level um, capability. 
Oi with the cyber already says, I'm doing Sands Institute bachelor's program and it is so detailed and very good. I would say that is definitely something to look into other than EC. I would agree. I would agree. I mean, I would almost say, <laughs> you, could, you could say I'm doing insert anything else here. I would definitely do that over EC Council. <laughs> All right. Um, what are uh, Eddie O talking about EC Council? Uh, so here's the thing. It was well documented a while ago. EC Council uh, had plagiarized a lot of cyber practitioners' content, denied, 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 then finally admitted it, said they wouldn't do it again, then did it again. So to me, um, in our industry, it's inc integrity and ethics are incredibly important. We are on the wall, right? You need us on that wall. You want us on that wall. We have a very, like we have fun in here and we play sound effects and stuff like that, but we have a very serious responsibility as cyber practitioners. We have access horizontally across the entire business. Every part of the business we have a role in. We have access to all the things. We deal with real crap that really impacts real humans every day. We have a serious obligation. So. Integrity, best intentions, ethics, morals, all these things are critically important. And when you have a business that goes fully into the, you know, I, I don't give a, you know, that's, that's not a good look. So for those reasons, like here's my shark tank pitch for those reasons, I'm out. Okay. So some people may have had good experiences with EC council. What I would say is. Uh, these are exclusive my opinions and my opinions only. I would ask anyone to go do their own research, re, you know, ask other people, talk to people who have taken EC Council content and uh, see see what the value was for them. It's really the same with any boot camp, any training, any boot camp. I don't care if it's my GRC course or it's a 12-week boot camp. Find someone who's gone through it that isn't financially motivated to say something positive and ask them what was their impression of it. Did it help them get a job? Did it help them get an interview? Did it help level up their education? That's the question to ask. Same for EC Council, okay? I am literally just trying to um, be fair, objective, and add a disclaimer. Uh, thoughts and opinions are my own. All right. Uh, Oi with Cyber says, I was hired with no cyber background a year ago and still have imposter syndrome. It's more about getting used to not knowing and just Googling. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, we all Google. We all Google. It's knowing what to Google. That's part of like the skill, okay? And and don't worry. And oi with the cyber already. Thanks for sharing your uh, self-admission about uh, your battle with imposter syndrome. We all have it. We all have it. Um, HR2Cyber, aka Willpower. Jerry Guy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Jerry Gay, I started my InfoSec grad program on Monday. Congratulations. I'm in the market for a new box with the proper capabilities to a cyber enthusiast. Any recommendations on budget around 1500 Yeah, so I mean, dude, I mean, you could have a um, another concept video that I want to make is I want to go to Walmart and literally buy the cheapest computer I can find and then do like three different cyber labs because it's going to leverage a lot of cloud and stuff like that. But anyways, um, as far as resources go, 
I would say go with a Windows machine over a MacBook because you're going to get more value for that. I would say uh, definitely go for, um, you know, more RAM. I would less, you know, most processors are going to handle it today, um, what you need. But with RAM, if you're going to be spinning up VMs and stuff like that, you're going to need uh, horsepower and RAM to stick the VMs in. So that's what I would do. Uh, if I were you, as far as a budget goes, personally, I like, um, personally, I like Dell. Um, I have an IBM ThinkPad. I've been very pleased with, um, I have a Legion, but that's actually like my, my mobile streaming computer. I wouldn't recommend that. I have, I have a laptop that's like beefed out wicked bad, but it's literally designed for, it's a video gaming system that I, I pegged out with the intent of being able to stream on the road. So you don't need that. I've been very happy with IBM ThinkPads. I've been very happy with Dell. I like Dell. Um, I think HP is trash. I would not buy an HP computer. Um, Lazaro says, ending the first week of my new role. Still in disbelief, honestly. Anyway, I have a meeting with my manager. Have a great weekend, Familia. Love it. Thank you for the super chat, Lazaro. We just become best friends. Yep. Also, congratulations again, man, on straight crushing it. Love it, love it, love it. Lazaro, yet another one, yet another uh, case study of someone who just put in the work, straight crushed it. No, Mar Marcus Kyler. <laughs> let us not crush, let us not crush Lazaro. Let's let Lazaro crush it. Yeah, Rob Navarro, my, 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 uh, battery charger for um for my legion computer is its own checked <laughs> is its own checked luggage um so surface pro 5 laptop is a monster says chat gpt let's take a look let's check this out here uh let me see microsoft surface what'd you say five pro laptop all right so here's you know here let, let's do this really quickly let's go on amazon right and let's say um i don't know computer no um well do you want a desktop or a laptop let me know let's assume let's assume laptop right since you're um Laptop computer. All right, then let's sort by customer reviews. Let's set the budget to five fifteen hundred. Okay, there's a three dollar laptop, bro. Sort by uh, price, high to low. All right, let's look. There's a Dell. Hold on, here we go. MSI. I don't know much about MSI. HP, hard pass. Lenovo, here's a Legion machine. You know, obviously it's going to break your back carrying it around. Um, I wouldn't get an LG computer. They make fine cameras, but or TVs, but no thanks. All right, so here we go. Asus is pretty good. So we've got two here. Here, This is a Legion 5 gaming laptop. Um, Ryzen 7 chip, GeForce 40, 68 gig, 64 gig of RAM. Nah, that's all right. Um, So for me, it's eight. Uh, let's push the RAM up, right? Obviously. 
Who's our res yeah, base case is the resident pro. Base case, if you know. Um all right, so I put eight gigs of RAM or higher. HP, no thank you. Asus is good, but let's see. Seems like Asus is, is kind of like the leader in the clubhouse, guys. Has anybody had good experience with Asus? I think my computer's an Asus, actually. <laughs> or it has an Asus um, back end to it. My, my, my big computer, my um, streaming rig. So, yeah, here we go. This is what, I, uh, so basically, I forget who asked the question, but this is what I would do. Look, dude, for a, a couple hundred bucks above budget, you could get 32 gigs of RAM. This is cool. 32 gig of RAM, uh, two terabyte SSD, which is fine. And a 14 core i7 processor, which isn't the newest as far as I know, but it's pretty good. And you get a decent graphics card, which is, you know, you don't really need. Okay, this is what I would do. All right, a couple more minutes. Uh, LeGrat and Tacos, I, I just know the first incident that is in the gray area will get put back in line. Thoughts on this? I'm not sure what you're talking about, Amish Runaway. Like, I sorry, I haven't been looking at chat. Um, holy crap. So Carol Carol in chat. Carol Carol in chat said they found um, maybe a refurb or something on Newegg for $178, an IBM quad core class A business computer. That's sick. Definitely check that out. I didn't know Newegg had stuff like that. Oh, all right. So we've got a custom build from our very own BSEC. There we go. If you want to go for a tower, get, you know, refurb 32 quad core, 3.7 gigahertz, which is screaming fast. Um, does this have 192 gigs of RAM? Holy Jesus. So if you want to not have to worry about upgrading anytime soon, uh, BSEC has dropped this in chat. I basically brought up a, in a, like a Asus 32 gig computer and BSEC said, hold my beer. Jesus. All right. So here we go. I'm going to drop this in chat. All right. Nice job, BSEC. <laughs> no, DT stands for damn tower, right? Uh, Justin Gold is also sharing that state government surplus stores may have older business towers you can grab. ZMF just upgraded the RAM for 15 bucks, nailing it. Oh yeah, look right. That Hansel's so hot right now. That That desktop tower is so hot right now. I love the chat, guys. It's so fun. It's so fun to me because you never, just like I don't know how the morning threat briefings are going to go, I never really know how the jawjackings are going to go. Sometimes it's a lot of Q&A, AMA type stuff. Sometimes we like dig into a topic like this, uh, getting a computer. Um, pretty cool. Uh, Zemith, you want, what do you want? You want a link to this computer, the big tower? <laughs> Do I ever have zero notifications on Discord? No. <laughs> no, no. It's a busy, it's busy. Here, I guess I could drop this in uh, general chat on Discord, maybe. There you go. I dropped it in chat. 
All right. It's 9.30. I've got a meeting later today with... Um, um, with um, another YouTuber. Her name is Sandra. I got a meeting with Sandra. Uh, oh, with Sandra. With, with Sandra. <laughs> uh, we're talking about collabs, potential collabs, um, stuff like that. I don't know if anyone here has subscribed or um, has consumed or has opinions on Sandra, but uh, I've seen some of her content. Uh, it's it's good. And uh, she's got a good channel and she keeps it going. So uh, looking forward to that. Oh, Amish Runaway loves her. Oh, cool. Thanks, Amish Runaway. I'll um, thank you for that feedback. It's good to know. What do I do on the weekends, Chris Young? Uh, well, this weekend, uh, this is a, you know, Tidbits Tuesday. I'm pretty pumped. So this weekend, we're taking down holiday decorations, I think. Uh, I'm going to go have some um, some beers with two of my friends who... It's kind of funny. I have two friends that live in the low country. They, they actually live in my borough of Charleston. And I only see them once a year in North Carolina. So we're going to get together and have some beers. And then on Sunday, uh, me and the family, M Mrs. Osier and the two kids, we're actually doing a uh, family date. We got an escape room and then uh, out to dinner. But yeah, I do love cybersecurity. I freaking love it. I talk about it. I think about it. I do it. <laughs> I mean, cybersecurity is so freaking awesome. Like, why Why wouldn't you? You know, um, this is her channel, um, Alana. It's tech and lifestyle, so some of it is not necessary. Some of it's not necessarily um, cyber. But, I mean, she's pretty consistent with her posts. You can see she posted eight days ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So she's she's consistent. She's well-spoken. She came up with an IT degree and then got into cyber. Um, I don't know how we're going to collab. That's what the point of the conversation is. Is like, what do you want to do? Are you going to be doing any more live courses? I missed the last one with my son in the hospital. Oh, Bryce, I hope your son's okay. Um, as far as live courses go, I haven't really... Um... <laughs> Hold on. I, I, I don't know what live course you're talking about, Bryce Jackson, but two things. One, Bryce, at the end of January, Anti-Siphon is doing a live course on active defense and cyber deception. There's a link in the YouTube description below. First week of February, Active Siphon is doing a live course training for SOC core skills, link description below. I am not doing live courses. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get Cyber 101 done. Then I want to take a little break and then I'm going to be doing my risk, my practical risk assessor course, which I think is an absolute transformational banger of a course on paper. So let me know. I, I don't know what live course you're talking about. I would eventually like to do live courses. That would be sick. Um, <laughs> 